0: Today's reading is from Acts chapter 17, verse 1 to 15. When Paul and his companions had passed through Amphipolis and Apollonia, they came to Thessalonica, where there was a Jewish synagogue. As was his custom, Paul went into the synagogue, and on three Sabbath days, he reasoned with them from the scriptures explaining and proving that the Messiah had to suffer and rise from the dead. This Jesus I'm proclaiming to you is the Messiah, he said. Some of the Jews were persuaded and joined Paul and Silas, as did a large number of God-fearing Greeks and quite a few prominent women. But other Jews were jealous. So they rounded up some bad characters from the marketplace, formed a mob, and started a riot in the city. They rushed to Jason's house in search of Paul and Silas in order to bring them out to the crowd. But when they did not find them, they dragged Jason and some other believers before the city officials, shouting, these men who have caused trouble all over the world have now come here and Jason has welcomed them into his house. They are all defying Caesar's decrees, saying that there is another king, one called Jesus. When they heard this, the crowd and the city officials were thrown into turmoil. Then they made J- Jason and the others postponed and let them go.
1: As soon as it was night, The believers sent Paul and Silas away to Berea. On arriving there, they went to the Jewish synagogue. Now the Berean Jews were of more noble character than those in Thessalonica, for they received the message with great eagerness and examined the scriptures every day to see if what Paul said was true. As a result, many of them believed, as did also a number of prominent Greek women and many Greek men. But, there, but when the Jews in Thessalonica learned that Paul was preaching the word of God at Berea, some of them went there too, agitating the crowds and stirring them up. The believers immediately sent Paul to the coast. But Silas and Timothy stayed at Berea. Those who escorted Paul brought him to Athens and then left with instructions for Silas and Timothy to join him as soon as, soon as possible. This is the word of the Lord.
2: Well good morning everyone. I'm sure you'll agree with me that the youth have done a great job this morning um, helping out with the service. Thanks guys. Now, I don't know if you've ever read the book called A Tale of Two Cities by Charles Dickens. You might have done because it's the second best selling single volume book of all time with around 200 million sales. Now if you haven't read it before, you might have heard the first line quoted somewhere because it's one of the most famous starts to a book ever. It starts like this. It was the best of times, it was the worst of times. The story starts here to show us from the very beginning with this awesome line, the contrast between the two cities that he's going to be talking about charles dickens writes around the time of the french revolution and on one side you have the peaceful city of london and on the other where it was the best of times and on the other side you have the city of paris where it was the worst of times as the city is it's tearing itself apart in an uprising against the aristocracy i won't spoil it anymore in case you haven't read it but this is the contrast that you can see throughout his well-written novel and this morning we'll also be comparing two cities Thessalonica and Berea it won't take as long as Charles Dickens's novel so (laughs) you'll be glad to hear but in fact Luke is quite brief with these two cities he only gives them 15 verses um, and he speaks a lot more in his narrative about some of the other places he goes and but there's still plenty of, us, uh, plenty of things for us to look at this morning from these verses. And it's also important to note that Luke changes the writing from we to they. If you look back to chapter 16, verse 10, after Paul's vision to help the Macedonians, we see that Luke travels with them from Troas to Philippi. But that's where he stays as they travel on. Chapter 16 verse 40 says this, after Paul and Silas came out of prison, they went to Lydia's house where they met with the brothers and sisters and encouraged them. Then they left. So we have this very personable account from Luke last week about Lydia and the jailer and the family. And now we hear more about the groups of people who are involved in these cities. So Paul and Silas have just taken a real tough beating in Philippi and they set out on this long journey to Thessalonica stopping briefly at a couple of places on the way now good old Google Maps tells me that I can get to Philippi to Thessalonica in one hour and 48 minutes and actually I can get, get there two minutes quicker if I take a toll road so it's, it's really fast to get there these days but for Paul and Silas it would have took a lot longer to travel that distance across Greece and it would have probably been painful as well because of the beatings that they took but on arriving in Thessalonica we're told in verse 2 that as was his custom Paul went to the synagogue he looks out for those who already he looks out for those who already know about God first so that he doesn't have to spend loads of time um, explaining it he tries he goes he always starts at the synagogue first and on three sabbath days he reasons with them from the scriptures he spends the next three weeks telling them and proclaiming that to them that jesus is the messiah the messiah is the one who um, the jewish people were waiting for he'd come and rescue them and be their king But it was also foretold in scripture that the messiah would be the light for the gentiles the way that the whole world would see who god really was so he would be their rescuer as well and how does paul explain this to them well he reasons with them from the scriptures explaining and proving that the messiah had to suffer and rise from the dead so though luke is in explaining what Paul said he makes sure to remind us of a couple of things that are important to the Christian beliefs God's promised deliverer our Messiah had to suffer in our place and rise from the dead as proof that God accepted that sacrifice for us and that his justice has been done if you look back in Acts you can find some of Paul's sermons written down but if Luke wrote all of them Um, then Acts would be a lot longer, wouldn't it? So as a result of Paul's explaining and proving, um, some of the Jews and a lot of Greeks and a few wealthy women joined Paul and Silas. The gospel always provokes a response because it's a call for change. You'll always get some people who want change and you'll always get those who don't. You can see people wrestling with the gospel as it goes out. What does it cost? Well, it costs God God, the death of his only son. And then what are the rewards? Well, to put it briefly, eternity and perfection. And then the big one, what does it cost me? Well, for you, it's a free gift. But it does require you to change. And that's where the wrestling for your soul takes place. Can you let go of the fleeting things and grasp eternity? Embrace the change? Or are the things that you're building for yourselves meaning that the free gift that Jesus offers looks so costly to you? Who will I become if I let go of my pride? Or what dreams will I have to put on hold to help others first? And so the battle rages on. We've seen the results of those who were persuaded to change, and now in verse 5, the response of those who didn't accept it. It doesn't take long to see things change around you, does it? I went back to the UK last month, and it's amazing how many things look different from how I remembered them. And actually, that's the same in Hong Kong as well. Hong Kong changes all the time. At the end of the Maan San line, uh, the MTR line, there's a village called Wukaisar. And I was speaking to someone who remembers having to take a boat to get to Wukai Sa village years back. And now it's full of tower blocks and shops. And every year they seem to be building more towers and more houses there. It's changing all the time, isn't it? But are you ready for the changes that following Jesus brings to your life? And also are you ready for the changes that it brings to the life of those around you? The Jews that watched Paul come in and who chose not to change, saw their friends and neighbors perhaps follow him and leave them. Maybe actually, if enough Jewish men uh, left to join Paul, then they would no longer have been able to run the synagogue there because they needed 10 men didn't they in a town or city to keep it open and not only were their own people leaving but also they were seeing non-jewish people joining paul and silas a large number of god-fearing greeks and prominent important women of the city have joined paul and left them and they get jealous, and they start a riot. Thessalonica was a very proud Roman city, and it was very loyal to Caesar. and the Jews used this to start the riot. Paul, talking about Jesus being the Messiah, the delivering king, would not have gone um, yeah, it wouldn't have gone down well at all. And these bad characters would have been really angry with that, the guys that he meets in the marketplace and gathers together. Because for them Caesar was their king and any other talk of kingship was treason. Now Jason is the only guy living in Thessalonica who gets mentioned by name in this passage. He's only been a Christian for a few weeks at the most and this mob drag him out of his house and put him in front of the city officials where he's charged with treason and harboring enemies of the Roman Empire. He has to pay a sum of money as a deposit and if they don't keep the peace then he's going to lose that money. So hopefully Jason got his cash back, it doesn't tell us but with Paul gone I imagine they probably managed to keep the peace there. So the missionaries have a tough time in Thessalonica and they see some people come to faith and start a church. It was the best of times. But a jealous, angry mob accuses them of treason and drags a new convert out of his house, and they have to sneak out of the city. It was the worst of times. But they don't give up sharing the gospel, whatever the times. Let's move on to Berea. It seems that one of the tried and tested ways to escape an angry mob is to wait till they're asleep okay Um, so the believers sent Paul and Silas off in the night and on arriving there what do you think Paul's plan is any guesses well he goes to the synagogue he heads straight for the synagogue and that's where we come to verse 11 Paul would have probably stuck to his plan as we know as he's done in Thessalonica and in the past in Acts where it's his custom for him to reason from the scriptures explaining and proving That Jesus is the Messiah there's a few differences here between Thessalonica and Berea if you look at these verses Luke tells us that Paul on three Sabbath days reasons with the Thessalonians the Thessalonian Jews from the scriptures but he was there for three weeks so maybe they were just too busy for the rest of those three weeks to bother coming to find out or to check if what he was saying was true But the Berean Jews examine the Scriptures every day to see if what Paul said was true or not. There's really only two reasons to examine uh, the Scriptures. One is because you love to learn. You enjoy spending time with God and you want to hear what he's saying to you. And the other is to check that the preacher is right. Or wrong? Does it really say that? I should check this out myself, and that's good to do. The Bereans get commended for that here. Some of you might be like, "Well, I don't want to be disrespectful to Pastor Hebrew or Niels. I, I don't need to look it up. I'll take their word for it." But actually, this is something that Hebrew, Niels, and myself would want you to do. It's great if you do that. Some of you here might find it hard to do because of how you were taught in school, maybe. Not to question the teacher. He teaches and you listen. Maybe that's how, how, you, how you think it through. And then maybe some of you youth might just think, well, it's easier to listen than to think it through myself. And you guys are not purposely gonna mislead lead me, are we? No, we're not gonna purposely mislead you guys. That's right but it makes more of a lasting impression if you process it yourself. It's likely to stick in your brain better if you look up the verse yourself. And you might remember the reference in the future or you might remember part of the verse or the whole verse. And actually, you might be able to bring, bring it up at some point if you are trying to back yourself up. Imagine you, you're in a conversation about God's character someone who doesn't know him. And you could just be able to speak that verse into that situation, help someone understand who he is. Another way to look at it is this. Imagine you were given a treasure map to a wonderful treasure. But to get to that treasure, you'd have to go on a long journey somewhere. And to go that distance, it would cost you something. It would be expensive to go and search for it. You're not quite sure if the treasure or the map are real. Well, what do you do? Well, actually, you'd look, wouldn't you? You'd search for them. You'd find out. You'd test that map to make sure that it was, or, that it was right. You'd try your best to authenticate it, yeah? And maybe you'd look and do some research into history. Maybe you'd research to find out, was that treasure real? And as you look and compare and check, you'd find out. And after spending that time investigating, if you found out that the treasure was there, then you'd do everything you could to go and get it, wouldn't you? And this seems to be how the Bereans are acting here. They're checking the message that's being told for them. Because the treasure that Jesus offers us is so much more amazing than anything that we can dig up from any part of the earth. We need to keep investigating and reading it for ourselves. If we believe the good news of Jesus, of the eternal life that he offers us, then we should do everything we can to hold on to that treasure. Looking up the scriptures, testing them for yourselves, it's not cheeky, it's not offensive, it's encouraging when Paul and Silas recount this part of their journey to Luke and to others who would listen look what sticks in their minds they received the message with great eagerness how encouraging if your teacher if you are a teacher here today I wonder how encouraging it would be for you if your students looked into your subject with great eagerness. Okay kids, today we're going to spend a few hours studying trigonometry. Yes! Oh I just love studying the relationships involving lengths and angles of triangles. Can we have a volunteer to do the example on the board? Me, 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 me! me. Imagine how encouraging it would be if you were a teacher to have your students jumping up and down and really excited about what you're trying to teach them. It would be so encouraging, wouldn't it? It would make your day or even your term, Yeah? And the Berean Jews get commended for their noble character because of how they receive the message eagerly and also how they examine the scriptures every day. When we talk of being commended on character... This is not something external. If you remember the family focus we just saw, they were trying so hard to clean the window from the outside. It was just something they couldn't do because it was only from the inside that they were able to clean the window completely. And that's an inward change for us that only Jesus can do. We need to go to him and not rely on ourselves or try and rely on our external acts and deeds or how other people see us only Jesus can do that so do you receive the message with eagerness do you examine the scriptures every day or is something stopping you could be time you always feel like you've never got enough time could be other distractions or it could be lack of effort maybe that's something that we all need to think about today if you're not a Christian here today welcome you're probably acting in a much better way than the group of Jews in Thessalonica because there's no rioting going on here but I would encourage you to learn from the Jews in Berea they examined what was said for themselves they didn't just accept what Paul said and neither did they brush him off They saw it for themselves and they sought to see if it was true and that was seen as honourable because it's honourable to seek the truth isn't it? I wonder as we close what does it mean for you to be a Christian today? Where are you in your Christian faith? Does it feel like the best of times or does it feel like the worst of times because actually we know don't we the end of the story we know the end of the book yeah some people always turn to the last page of a novel and read that before they read the story to see if it's worth reading well guess what guys your story is worth reading because the worst of times will come to an end. And like peaceful London in the tale of two cities, it will be the best of times. It'll be the very best of times. In fact, London, uh, sorry, heaven will be much better than London. I mean, for a start, there's no smog, right? But, um, and more importantly, there'll be no pain, there'll be no sin, and there'll be no death. So whatever whatever's happening in your story right now keep writing with that last page in mind and keep looking to the author for help let's let's pray as we close heavenly father we pray this morning that you would change us that you would make us eager to read your words that you'd help us to be like those bereans who were honorable And who examine the scriptures each day to see if what they heard was true and Lord when we're going through good times we pray that we'd remember to thank you and that we would not stray away from you and for those of us going through what we feel are the worst of times give us the strength to hold on to you and to the promises and hope that Jesus gives us through his sacrifice and resurrection that we might be able to look forward to the very best of times when we see you in your glory. And we ask this in the name of our King Jesus. Amen.